Oh, hi, friends. It's more of the Mr. Rogers opening. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. It's uh, nice to be with you. I see Roscoe's already here in the chats, and uh, I got to do a better job setting up. I got to do better jobs doing all sorts of things. Let's not go on a whole tangent about the things I got to do better jobs about. It's nice to be here uh, in the home field after a bunch of away games, some of which went really well, some of which were like, Man, I've been doing comedy a long time. How come this isn't going better? But like I said, we're not going to talk about all the things I need to do better in life. You know why? Because I feel lucky to be alive. You know why I feel lucky to be alive? Because I sat next to a lady on this plane ride the other day. I don't think I've ever seen someone have so much Corona in my entire life. I I mean, there's something called bino Puerto Rican pregnant lady. And lucky for me, at least the flight was like somewhat empty. So there was the space between me and this other person. And then you ever like feel bad for another person, but they're being the asshole. So you're not sure why. Like I kept being like, maybe I should just like recommend another seat. So, but then like, I'm like, I'm going to feel bad making this lady feel bad. I'm like, why am I, why do I want to care about making this lady feel bad? She's coming onto a flight with just a faucet amount of snot like a little kid that doesn't even know how to sneeze. So they keep on sneezing. They keep on calling. I've never seen a person look so sick in my entire life. And then you're like, how, how does Delta not have the ability to just let, forget Corona. Corona never happened. I think someone would look at this lady and be like, I, can we get you a hospital bed? I, I think, uh, I don't think you want to be on this flight. I don't know what infectious disease word you wandered into before getting on this flight, but you don't look like a person who should be flying right now. I feel like I got this uh, volume a little bit too loud. Maybe I'm yelling too much for for, uh, <laughs> for even my own ears. Isn't it? That, that to me is the most irritating thing about the entire Corona stuff. I mean, except for the fact that they shut down the economy. Uh, now, all of a sudden, you're going to have worldwide collapses. You're going to have people starving. They're going to keep pretending like uh, it wasn't because of everything they did to shut down Corona and all the unintended consequences from their bad policies. But this isn't new information to our longtime listeners over here of our Run Your Mouth podcast, fine establishment of well-researched non-scientists. But imagine we lived in a world where they didn't pretend like masks worked and they didn't pretend like the vaccines were going to work. And so they didn't put all of their shame into this mask and vaccine bucket. Right. And instead, we all focused on, hey, can you not sneeze on me on an airplane? Hey, it looks like you're coughing a whole bunch. Maybe you shouldn't be at this job site. Hey, you're bleeding from your eyes. Maybe just take the day off. Imagine if we put all of our eggs into the, hey, don't cough on me in public basket. So that, you know, and so like that was just the one thing we focused on the whole time. So you don't have to sit next to people on planes that look like they're dying. So, Lucky for me, though, I've been out in the world trying to get all the corona that I can. So I think I'm going to be immune uh, to whatever that lady sitting next to me was dying from. Uh, But wouldn't it have been nice if we just took this as an opportunity to help people like me, the germaphobes of the world, and we just told people, hey, if you're sick, stay home. Don't be sneezing in public. Don't be getting on play. You know what? Like, I don't even know what the alternative, because I guess it does suck if you go somewhere. I mean, at the end of the day, domestically. Uh, if you had to drive, you can get across this country in 48 hours. There's got to be some sort of a mechanism by which if you've gone traveling somewhere and then you've wandered into an infectious disease ward so that you're doing nothing but sneezing and coughing, there's some alternative option to flying or the government. I'm not because I, I wouldn't be a fan of the government being like, all right, we're, we're putting you up in this room now. Unless maybe we got some real nice hotel suites for people that got sick. 
and then you went on vacation trying to get six that you could go sell and stay in the hotel suite. But that maybe that could just be an airline thing. I mean, these aliens, they're making money. They're making money. You know, they're making money because they just keep canceling flights. They just keep canceling flights, pretending like they have flights. They let you book the flight and then they go, oh, yeah, we don't really have that flight. They tell you the day of. They don't refund you your money. You, you just get stuck in new states for 24 hours. So they're making money. They're making enough money. Maybe they can consolidate and have everyone on sick flights where you can everyone because once you're sick, well, maybe your immune system's down. I don't know. Yeah, listen, I, I don't have solutions for everything. Like I said, I'm not coming into today's episode just going to be talking about problems or, or giving out solutions. I'm just saying that we, well, let, let, let's go back in time. Let's get a new Fauci. Let's have a policy that's just don't sneeze on people in public. And then at a minimum, I don't have to be on flights next to people that are dying into my ear. All right. It's good to be back, everybody. Let's take a couple comments. Look at all these people hanging out with us. We got Dave the Brainchild, airline for sick people only. Uh, Pax Plane. I'm okay with that. David Allen. Hell yeah. Arthur. No one knows where Robert the Fire was during the Texas shooting. <laughs> Just saying kind of Read the read the wrong comment on that one. Uh, everybody, summer porch tours in session, Pittsburgh this weekend. That one's gonna be a hell of a time with my friend Jeremy the Hunter, lifelong lifetime friend of mine. Bought a place in Pittsburgh, so we're gonna be summer porch touring over there. I gotta get in touch with Dr. Krim. I'm hoping to invite myself over to his house for a barbecue and maybe get him on the podcast on uh Saturday. And then uh, dude, some of these tour dates are turning into like big ass festivals. Uh Andrew who moved down from uh, from uh, uh, CPU God, moved from uh, Brooklyn to the Nashville area. He's put up the Alex Jones Theater. He's got a big outdoor stage for us. He might have a bouncy castle. He's going to have someone out there doing barbecue. We got the Atlanta gig, Denver at the end of the summer by Forest Mommy. We're going to be out in the woods throwing a big-ass fucking party over there. I got the Shedcast boys coming out, so it's going to be a full, uh, full concert and smoke-out, bug-out. Plus, I might be uh, trying to film uh, all my comedy stuff. So, you know, we're, we're, we're going to bring in professional laughers to make sure that that's one of the good shows. Uh, but, dude, check out link in the episode description. Summer Porch Tours in session. We are probably going to add two or three more dates to that. Hopefully, Dave Smith wants to do some more gigs because, dude, that fucking show we did at the Alpine. I mean, we had like I think we did like 900 tickets on the night or some shit like that was crazy. We did three shows, 300 people each. That one that got put up, uh, and thanks to the dudes that came out and uh, and filmed that for us. That was really cool, because otherwise, we would have been on my GoPro, because uh, that's all I brought. I think someone saw me tweet the picture of the GoPro, and they're like, uh, we're going to have to go help Rob out, because he's a putz. And then we ended up with really good footage, and that thing was fun. That was like uh, being at a prep rally, but for a nerdy takeover of a political party. All right, let's get into some news topics. Shout out to Sheath. Shout out to Yo Kratom. We'll do our sponsor plugs later. There's still an opportunity. We're going to make this the last week for you guys to get these awesome Sheath hats, limited edition with the run your mouth on the side. And it's summer. You don't want to be out in the summer. If you're like me and you're too cheap to pay for air conditioning, well, you want to be walking around with stinky, sweaty nuts the whole summer. It's not just going to be squinky, sweaty nuts. You're, you're going to end up uh, getting your dick sucked. You're going to have acne all over your fucking dick because it's not clean. Because you're sweating all the time in your apartment. And if you're if you're not even putting on the air conditioner, you're gonna take three, four showers a day. No one, no one wants to shower that many times. Maybe once in the morning, once at night, or maybe even three times, four times is excessive. So I'm just saying, if you want to make sure that you got a clean dick without having to run your air conditioner all summer, uh, you're gonna need sheath underwear because that's the only way that you're gonna keep your, your bottom parts uh cool and, and moisture free enough. They don't end up with a pimply dick. No one wants acne on their dick. Yeah, you have those moments where you think you got an STD and then you don't want to go see someone and then you finally do and then 
you know, they bring in the other interns just to watch them pop a pimple. That story's for another time. We're trying to get into the news topics here. All right, what do we got? What do we got? Here we go. First up, this is one of my favorite Biden moments that have happened yet. Let's give it a watch. respect to communications has been is been to consistently uh, explain to the American people where we are and where we need to go. This guy sounds like Jen Psaki in a beard. I don't know what happened to the uh, African-American lady. I guess they they brought in now they got like a B squad or we're down to like the C squad where they realize that she can't handle all the questions. So now they're going to like they're going to rotate. I guess that other lady's still going to be in the official capacity. But, you know, it'll be like uh uh, it'll be kind of like our vice president, uh, and you know, they'll just Kamala where, you know, she's officially the vice president, but you just assign them less and less work. Them is not a good word to have used there. That's not the, that wasn't the right word. I meant them as in people that have been assigned jobs that aren't good at their jobs. And so they have to get relegated to just pretending like they are working their jobs. Uh, so I don't know what happens to the, the new press secretary lady that this guy's fielding the questions in regards to inflation but here he is, and let's give it a listen. Uh, and that continues to be uh, the way that, uh, that he approaches this issue, and very much from the perspective of what it feels like to sit around a dining room. I just realized this isn't up on the screen. You guys probably haven't heard any of this. All right, we're going to have to, uh, um, you know, first day back on the home field, and uh, the grounds team, they didn't, they didn't do their job properly. All right, let's, uh, let's pull this back to the beginning. Here we go. Look, I think that the, the what the president has done uh, with respect to communications has been is been to consistently uh, explain to the American people where we are and where we need to go. Uh, and that continues to be uh, the way that uh, that he approaches this issue and very much from the perspective of what it feels like to sit around a dining room table or a, a kitchen table. Uh, in, uh, in so he's going to fix inflation from the perspective of a person sitting at your dining room table. How about can he can he fix it from the perspective of someone who knows how to solve something? Because at my dining room table, we mostly just drink. No one knows how to do anything. No one's all that smart. Most of them don't even know that there's inflation. I tell them, have you not noticed that things are costing me more every time they go to the market? And they're like, I don't know. I just pull out my credit card. and I just pay for things. And they're like, well, pretty soon we're not going to be able to afford these things because you keep just paying for the things. You don't even realize how much more they're costing. And you, you want those people? I mean, how many of us are having uh, meals with people at our table and you're like, I don't even want to sit with this guy at this table. I can't even believe how much of a dumbass this person is. If this person wasn't in my family, there's no way that I would even entertain their dumbassery. And then you, most of the time your relatives feel the same way about you. That's the way they feel about me. We're like, shit, did we just start talking about Corona again? Then I'm going to have to listen to Rob talk about how these vaccines are going to make my dick fall off. We haven't said that joke in a while. It still hasn't happened. Or maybe it has. Maybe there are people out there and they've been covering up that story. But I've actually been uh, been right all along. But this is this big thing. Hey, listen, I, I'm going to be able to solve this because I can do it from the perspective of. Well, no. How about how about do it from the perspective of an expert? How about do it from a person that can actually get the thing done? And so now here's Biden's latest solution. Look, I think that the, the, what the here he is. He's sitting down with uh, Powell. We're going to play a little bit of this. And uh I just uh, I feel like we're very close to actually Biden watching Biden just straight up fall asleep while reading a teleprompter. I, I just that might be the funnest moment in U.S. history is when Biden's out there. It's the people. And yeah, we're going to get it solved. And 
Wouldn't it be great if he actually just died on TV while reading a teleprompter and then they had to do a cover up to pretend like he had been assassinated? Like they pretend it's like the reverse of the JFK thing where like they have to pretend like they did shoot him and not that we got someone who's so old and senile into office that he managed to just die while reading a teleprompter. And I don't know what's happened to Joe Biden since he's gotten in that somehow he seems to have less energy. Like he seemed to be like at least between naps. Now, when we see him, it, it feels like he's in the middle of a nap. Like it used to be like, I guess he napped before the meeting, then you show up to the meeting and you go back to sleep. Now it just looks like he's mostly asleep while he's there. And you know what? Let, let, why, why am I editorializing so much? Let you guys, you guys can establish your own opinions. Why don't we actually watch this and, you know, see what Biden has to say for himself? Starts with a simple proposition. Respect the Fed. Respect the Fed's independence which I have done and will continue to do. My job as president is not to uh, nominate highly. If you can't hear that, that's not because the volume is soft. It's because Biden's new thing is that he wants to whisper to the point you're like, maybe he said something. You know, he just, if, if he's so silent that you can barely hear his opinion, then you got no choice but to ask the <clears throat> press secretary people. And then when you caught them on thing, they're like, well, I'd have to actually read that because you couldn't, the reason they didn't hear it is because you can't hear him. At this point, we might as well just be reading the teleprompter. Like, there's no, you can't even hear him when he's trying to read the thing. It, 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 there, there's no coherency even between the stuttering and the mumbling. At this point, it, it's like silent whispers. Not only nominate highly, highly qualified individuals for that institution, but to give them the space they need to do their job. I'm not going to interfere with their critically important work. The Fed has dual responsibilities. One, full employment, and two, stable prices. Chair Powell and other leaders of the Fed have noted at this moment they have a laser focus on addressing inflation, just like I am. And with a larger complement of board members now I like this. It's like solving immigration by putting Kamala on it and then having Kamala go, well, I can't go down to the border. I'm not going to get blamed for this one. So now he's doing the same thing with inflation where he goes, well, you know what? That's why we got this division called the Fed. And so uh, here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to have uh, we'll have the Fed deal with it. And that way, I guess it will be their fault and not my fault because, you know, yeah, I put them there and yeah, these were my policies. And now, of course, you got even Janet Yellen. And this is fantastic. She goes, well, I was wrong. She goes, I'm sorry, I got it wrong. I actually is inflation. Uh, we were looking at the wrong models. And I, when we were looking at the models, we didn't, we didn't realize that if you were spending the, the prices, uh, they would go up. We thought that with Biden spending, they go down and, it turns out that they they went up. Uh, I guess we we read the models wrong, but we'll have new models and and maybe uh, if we keep you know with the with raising taxes and and having more socialism, we'll we'll get it right. That's my impression of Janielle. It actually, was bad. It started off bad, but then I feel like I found the rhythm a little bit. I can work on that one. But I, uh, I believe, and of course, the news—they only give you half stories. They don't really want to take down these world experts. Uh, but I believe that when uh, Biden was like, "Hey, let's pin nine trillion dollars," and then passing a new bill, going, "Hey, let's pass three trillion," and then going, "Hey, we're going to need some more stimulus," people are like, "Well, isn't that going to cause inflation?" And Janet Yellen, who seems to be the math piece for these globalist socialists, these people who want one tax on every single country. 
They want to put kids to work in China. I don't think that's part of their agenda. But anyway, she, she seems to be on this uh, side of, hey, there's an imminent threat called global warming. And uh, if we don't shut down our world economy today, you know, the, the planet's going to explode tomorrow. Uh, but somehow, you know, we're going to do all this and keep prices intact. So anyway, she seems to be the mouthpiece working over at, by the way, if you don't know Janet Yellen, you guys must know Janet Yellen. Uh, but she was the uh, she was the head of the Fed. Got fired. She didn't get fired. She did, uh, she was replaced by Powell uh, while Trump was in office. And then, you know, the Dems, they like keeping their players in jobs. So they brought her back as the uh, Treasury. And uh, there she was, I think, because they only the, the article only gives you half the information where she goes, oh, I was wrong on the inflation. And but when were you wrong on the inflation? I believe it was when she was backing uh when she was backing biden i believe that it was when biden was pushing these major stimulus plans and she was going well that's not going to cause inflation and then she turns around a year and a half later i was wrong yeah well the entire point is that we would have an expert go hey maybe the president's making a bad policy when he's doing all this spending it doesn't help us if you help him push the policy and and then it turns out to be wrong a year and a half and then the president goes, well, I'm going to combat inflation by listening to the experts over here. What, the same experts that got it wrong a year ago that helped sell the bad policy that everyone was going, hey, maybe this policy is not going to work out. Maybe you're going to end up with inflation. But they're like, no, we're not going to. And I'm the world's expert. And you got to respect the authorities. That's why I'm here. I'm here to make these expert recommendations. And then you just get to be wrong a year later. And do you lose your job? No, it's just, hey, I was wrong. But, but, but we're going to hand it back to the experts. And you want to know about listening to the experts. Here we go. This is out of the Washington Post. COVID was vanishing last Memorial Day. Cases are five times higher now. How is listening to Fauci gone? How is listening? By the way, this isn't just cases are five times higher now. This is cases are five times higher now with them not even really testing. Now it's a test at home and, you know, get on an airplane and spread that corona because with COVID. Those aren't people dying from COVID. Uh, I mean, here, here's the American way. We're going to spend a lot of money. We're going to have experts. You have to listen to the experts. And then a year and a half later, the experts just go, ah, well, I was wrong. Sorry about that. Got it wrong. But then you can have the president go, but we're going to fix this one because now we're listening to the experts. All right. Sounds like we got a great plan. You want to, you want to do something that can't fail you in your life? You know what you do? You go to yokratum.com, you get yourself a $60 kilo because they're, they're reliable. Firstly, you're going to get a whole kilo. You're, you're not going to find out that it's like the $5 footlongs where really it turns out it's 11 and a half inches. And you're like, I, the 11 and a half inches, that's not going to fill me up for lunch. If I'm trying to eat a Subway sandwich and really get out there and fill up my afternoon with diarrhea, I need a full 12 inch sub. And here you are giving me 11 and a half inches. The people at Yokratum, they ain't going to do that to you. I, 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 the Yokratum challenge, you go steal a school, a scale from a school, like a high school drug dealer. I don't do that. I'm not endorsing that. You can probably buy them for pretty cheap online. I don't really think you need to go stay. Although this, those scales are fun, putting the little weights around and putting the things on the thing. And, and you feel pretty cool when you do that, but don't do that. You, you can probably just buy a scale for not a lot of money. And I encourage you go, go, go weigh that kilo. You, you find out if they, if they, if they skimmed or if they're skimming on kilos, we'll go after them, but they're not. That's the that's the yo kratom guarantee. It's reliable. Unlike these experts at the Fed telling you there is an inflation and they're going, oh, shit, there is inflation. But don't worry, we can bottom out the economy to combat the inflation. And they go, oh, shit, that didn't work either. All right, let's take a couple comments. 
then uh then we'll move on roscoe p what's your favorite subway sub haven't had subway in a long time last time i did man did that shit wreck my stomach uh back in the day when i was still eating meat and cheese yeah i feel like i had a couple meatball subs from there and like they were fine and then sometimes i would just get like turkey with a lot of vegetables on it and that was fine uh but these days i'm uh, i'm a lot more pretentious about my sandwiches and uh the level of starving i'd have to be to eat a subway sandwich i i think i'd probably just go to bed hungry sooner than eat a subway sandwich and uh i don't like going to bed hungry that's what poor people do so you know that that's not what i'm into but i'm just saying even in an emergency situation i'm probably passing the subway and being although their cookies aren't bad haven't been in there in a long time i actually had a friend um uh, not going to say the joke because I can't remember his name off the top of my head. All right, a couple more comments here. I see you got morphine on the tabs. What a great band. Oh, my tabs open. I hope you guys can't see the gay porn I've been watching. Uh, David Allen, can you do a little recap of the Reno convention? Actually, I will. We're going to close out the episode with the Reno uh, update. Because I actually got uh, the heads of the party on the phone last night. I got a recap from all sorts of individuals. The people really pushing the ball forward. And so I will give you guys the inside scoop of everything Meekhawk. All right, last one. And then getting back into some news topics. Uh, Dr. Fauci, ouchy, just got boosted into my flu shot scheduled for the monkeypox vaccines next Tuesday. Smart. That, that's, uh, that's what you got to do. All right. And now this one was a little bit disappointed. And uh, I can't actually tell you guys what happened. Uh, well, here, the people listening, they don't, they don't know what I'm talking about here. So I'll tell you guys, this is from the Washington Post. Sussman, who worked for Clinton, acquitted of lying to the FBI in 2016. Now, I can't tell you guys what happened at this trial. You know why? I wasn't there. Not only was I not there, but none of it was on TV. I mean, I can tell you all about the Amber Heard thing, but I can't tell you nothing about what happened at the Sussman trial. And now you got to take a step back. I've been saying that this is like in the movie Departed. We've had two fun storylines going at the same time. We've got Durham, who's going after the Clintons. He's going after what went on here, that Donald Trump got elected and that they managed to do fake warrants. They got the FBI and the deep state doing research on this guy. We've got three years of pretending like he's a Russian asset, a multi-million dollar investigation, a special counsel looking after him. And now it's a special counsel investigating the special counsel. You've got Durham and he's got himself that white beard. He's got an intense prosecutor face. It looks like he's out there and he's going to get some victories. And the next thing you know, well, it fell apart. The whole thing to, to cut to it, it fell apart. The January 6th investigation, that seems to be going well. They're still plugging along. They're still bringing in top uh, Trump officials trying to figure out what happened on January 6th. But this whole, hey, Donald Trump was a Russian asset storyline. Uh, it's not looking too good. So you finally get a lawyer uh, on trial, uh, the lawyer for Hillary Clinton, and they're trying to get him for lying because he went to the FBI, said, I'm not representing a client. Here, I've got this information. And what what's the information? It was actually put together by the guy who's now David Sussman, I think the guy's name, who's now uh, um, who now works for Biden on uh on, you know, foreign national security, foreign defense. He's a higher up over there. So him and the Clinton team, they put together this research document to make it look like there's servers, like there's all this relationship between Donald Trump and the Russians. He goes to the FBI, goes, hey, I'm not representing a client, hands over that information, gets the ball rolling. Now, well, what's really going on here? Yeah, it's a whole fucking sphere of nonsense. You know, like Hillary Clinton doesn't call up the FBI directly and go, all right, here's what we're doing. Like uh, John Brennan isn't sitting down in these meetings. Like Obama doesn't know that this whole thing's happening. All right, fine. All right, fine. 
It, it was just some lawyer and some lawyer just showed up and he lied to the FBI to get a meeting. Uh, well, and maybe that was the problem. Maybe he never really was lying to the FBI. So the jury didn't get him in trouble for it because even the jury's like, all right, well, the FBI was clearly in on this. So he's not lying to the FBI. So we can't find him guilty of lying to the FBI. You brought the wrong charge here. But the guy just got let off. So the whole thing is not looking good in terms of, uh, you know, anything too exciting coming from that story. And just as far as me and not being completely full of shit, uh, we said that when it came to the whole Donald Trump thing, that people were trying to go, well, he's still guilty. And I was like, no, they, they had so little evidence, they couldn't even move forward with the prosecution. So in this case, I guess they, they don't have enough evidence to actually pin anything on Hillary Clinton. Uh, am I saying that I, that I think Hillary Clinton's innocent, that they didn't purposely run one hell of a racket to erode the the basically the political capital that Donald Trump had when he got into office. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but eh, no wins there, not looking good. And so there you go. I, I, I feel like that storyline will have fallen apart. And even two weeks ago, you had people like Fox News, even people like myself going, ah, this is pretty good. We actually got testimony from the lawyer saying Hillary Clinton knew that she was going to the FBI, that he was going to the FBI. But even this guy's not in trouble. So I don't think he's flipping. And I, I can't see any victories coming out of that. But, you know, maybe we'll get some other good storylines of, oh, Durham's really got them now. And look at this person showing up to court. And then you can probably just expect that they will be let off the hook. All right. Uh, what else we got here? I got a couple more storylines. This one caught my eye. I thought it was interesting. Strawberry likely caused hepatitis A outbreak, FDA says. Now, why was this interesting to me? Because I was hanging out with Steven, our non-scientist wonder boy. And one of the things that we were hoping to discuss on the live episode, but we covered a lot of topics. And man, that one, that one was a fun one with uh, Brian from Lions of Liberty. Definitely going to be back in California. Hopefully that's going to be another annual destination on the summer porch tour. Speaking of which, amongst our festival days, we're going to be back at Max's backyard for the end of summer sandwich spectacular, which that, that one's going to be one of the big festival days. And that one's not far from Maryland, also playing DC. Um, but if you're in the area, that one's going to have a full stand-up show. I'm going to be bringing killer comics out there. We will definitely be doing a late-night live podcast from Max's Bar. Full concert from the Shedcast, guys. And there will be limiting camping spots available. So if you want to come down, you live somewhere else in the country, and you want to come for one of what's been one of the most epic parts of Summer Porch Tour, the annual celebration at Max's house. He's got the indoor private bar that we will be hanging out at, drinking all day. We will do a um, full comedy and concert from his yard, which has a great setup for comedy. He's got a big sloping hill. Uh, and then we've got plenty of space or limited space for camping. Maybe we'll get some vendors out there. That's going to be a full Saturday celebration. All right, continuing. So back to Steven, our wonder, our wonder boy, resident non-scientist. So I was wondering if maybe all these cases that had to do with uh, the liver failure in kids was the result of vaccination. And I was like, it's weird the way they're reporting on this. Uh, my conspiracy brain got going. And without any evidence whatsoever, I was willing to say, well, certainly it must be. Why? Interesting storyline. And why not? <laughs> Stephen had a theory, uh, which uh, I was hoping to get him to elaborate on. Maybe we'll get him on the phone uh, now that we're back in the home studio. But he was saying that actually he thought that a result of what was going on in the Ukraine 
got us to accept wheat deliveries from places that we normally wouldn't get wheat deliveries. And it was actually leading to the hepatitis problem in kids uh, who would be more vulnerable to, I guess, like uh, if there were dangerous things on less reliable food sources and that we were forced to use these less reliable food sources as a result of the situation in the Ukraine and that there were less exports of wheat from Russia and the Ukraine. Uh, so, you know, Stephen says these things and you're like, how come I don't hear anyone else talking about this? And that, that you know, I like my vaccine story. It was a lot sexier. So, you know, I was like, all right, well, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll address it on the live pod. We didn't get around to it. And then today I saw this news story about strawberries likely caused hepatitis A outbreak, FDA says. Uh, and so I was like, Jesus, Stephen might have been right once again. Headline caught my eye. We will have him on shortly so that he can give us more of the scoop on that. All right. And now uh, this was a fun moment. Let's get into uh, well, let's close it out with a little bit of talk about everything that happened in Reno and a little bit of what the Meekhawks have in store for the uh, next couple of months. And if you haven't seen already, uh, let's watch this one because it's fun. I feel. Hey, 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 hey. He just threw his, he just threw his shoulder into me. Sir. This dude has unauthorized recording of Steve McTaylor's. <laughs> and uh, everybody, you know, we're about to get into uh, one of the deepest depressions uh, that our country has ever seen. And I'm sure some of you are worried about money. You're worried about your food resources. And so apparently uh, we can all become assault victims. Apparently it's very easy. All you have to do is find someone who's walking. And apparently you can even get a running start into being assaulted. You can, you can, pick, your, uh, you can pick your assaulter. Uh, you can get into a running stance. You can go, all right, this is my moment. You, you hit them in the, you go, oh my God, I've been, I've been struck in my shoulder without damages in any capacity, but yet this is assault and I demand a SWAT team come to this scene immediately. I, I make sure I, I, I need you guys to be wearing those vests. I need you to have the walkie talkies in the corner. This has been a dangerous assault on my life. I mean, my shoulder was bumped after I ran into a person. And so this is this is assault of epic magnitudes. Now, if you guys, uh, what's nice about this is I feel like uh, the American people, when it came to women acting in a particular manner where they were being the aggressors while pretending like they were a victim, like they're being in a park and they're yelling that they feel like they are being threatened by a minority, but in fact, they're just racist. And so they've never been threatened, but they just like to yell that they've been threatened. So we came up with a word for it and we call them a Karen. And right off the bat, if someone's acting like a Karen, it's, it's a, it's a perfect word. It just, even though it's a little bit hacky at this point, it gets to the point. It just lets you know exactly how a person's acting and we all get it. And now we've got a word for when men are acting this way and it's called your call, your, your, your pulling a Sarwak. And hopefully this catches on across the entire nation. We can get this video out into the world and then people can know if you're being a bitchy, weaselly man, trying to change the rules, trying to pretend like you're the victim, pulling little fucking squirrel shit. Well, you're, 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 and you're not acting like a dude. Well, you're, 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 you're pulling a Sarwak. That's the best way I think you can, anyone could describe it. It's when you're acting like a full fledged fucking weasel, you're pulling a Sarwak. And so, uh, it was interesting because I, dude, I don't, I'm not, I'm like peripherally involved. I met him once. 
he was fine. And then I saw he was hanging out at the at the things, and I was a little bit surprised because it seemed like all the momentum was in the Meekhawks, and I thought that he was no longer like uh, had the official position that he had previously had. Um, and so I was surprised that he was there and I was wondering what capacity he was there. And then I asked someone and someone said he was actually very good at running the meetings because he knew the formalities. And I was like, oh, that's good. I guess the guy has like, uh, something positive to contribute, but it doesn't appear that way. It appears that, you know, uh, that, that, the old guard is really trying to stick around, make sure that the deep state's interests are well represented, that the libertarian party can't be out there you know, talking about freedom, talking about being anti-war because you got guys like Bill Welds, Bill Welds. And then these guys are tied in with your big monetary interests of your uh, of your military industrial complex. And so it's probably worth the investment of ensuring that the Libertarian Party isn't out there talking liberty. Uh, and so even if you're only 10 percent, hey, I'll charge at a guy and try and delay a vote. We'll get up there and we'll talk nonsense all day because, they, you know, when you can't win fairly, then all that's left is some weasel shit. And then I guess you go back to your room of donors or whatever. And you're like, well, listen, I, I really got to, by the way, this is me talking some straight up nonsense right here. I have no idea what the fuck I'm, I'm an entertainer here. I'm, you know what, when I say I'm an entertainer, I mean, like I'm, I'm an even less informed entertainer than, uh, than, uh, what's the late than Rachel Maddow. I mean, if Rachel Maddow can get away with just being an entertainer and talking nonsense, then surely I can talk utter nonsense that I know nothing about and really be considered an entertainer. I wasn't there. I'm just watching this bumping video and, uh, really running my, my mouth and talking out of my ass of what it would seem would have taken place. And, but it's fun. It, it's fun having a Weasley character. It's like when you, if you guys ever watched wacky racers and you had that, uh, the guy, with the big old mustache, the uh, the da dastardly whatever, and he's always trying to pull these little weasel tricks and it never works. At least it makes for an entertaining show. I mean, if you just show up and there's no one there trying to be a thorn in your heel as you're being victorious, you know, leading a movement, king of the cocks over here, you know, you, you, need, you need a court jester. You need that little weasel in the corner. You, you, need these, you need these characters in order to keep the story entertaining. So at least he showed up and... Uh, I was working on this for way too much time this morning. And then I was like, all right, I got to move on to other things. But here. I All right, so do you want to give you guys a little bit of the insight of everything Reno and Meekhawk related? Uh, firstly, I'm very excited about it. You know why? Because we're winning. Not only are we winning, but mo there's momentum. I feel excitement for the movement. I keep showing up to places. People are into it. So tangibly, I feel the momentum. I feel the excitement. I feel the buzz. I feel like there's momentum behind this. I think that it's going to grow. I think we will be able to share the message of liberty. And so I'm very excited about everything that the Meekhawks are doing. I'm also, uh, congratulations to Mike Heiss, because just from a winning perspective, from a leadership perspective, uh, you know, I, I've been a part of various business ventures. I know how tough it is to have a positive mental attitude. 
to push forward, to take an idea, put it into reality. It almost takes a uh, like a, a real passion and mental sickness to impose your vision upon the world and go, this is going to happen. This is important. And Mike Heiss, Mike Heiss has, has that and had that where he took something from nothing, kept pushing, and he made it happen. Uh, and so congratulations on building a movement on uh, making things happen. For those who are not in the loop, I will give you guys the scoop on, uh, from what I understand. So essentially, every single state, they got their own parties and you got to get delegates and then delegates go out and they vote on uh, leadership within the actual Libertarian Party. And so they managed to get like 70% of the delegates. Uh, and so they got them out there. We were able to get Angela McArdle, who's now in charge of the show, uh, which means that the messaging is going to be a little bit different. What you hear from social media is going to be a little bit different. The candidates that get put up are going to be a little bit different. And for people at home, when they hear the word libertarian and then they see libertarian candidates, the things coming out of their mouth aren't going to be, hey, you got to be an anti-racist or, hey, here's an individual uh, like Bill Weld who represents you know, the military industrial complex. You're actually going to hear real libertarian ideas from real libertarians and uh, the goal there is that we can convert more individuals and do a better job of spreading the message of freedom of liberty, freedom and liberty. And now some people might go, well, what's that going to do for us? Uh, you know, what, what, what does that do? The Libertarian Party is never going to be big enough to win. So what does it do or what good is it for us to spread the message? And uh, I think it does force the other parties to start addressing concerns. If there's serious momentum over here, if there's serious conversation about the Fed, there's serious conversation about the wars, there's a party that's actually really driving uh, numbers and talking about freedom, I think it absolutely does force the dialogue and probably the Republican Party more than the Democratic Party, uh, it forces them to start taking these issues a little bit more seriously. And then also in terms of, uh, and th this speaks a little bit more closely to uh, what uh, Mr. Pete Quinones was saying, uh, which I, I will definitely have future conversations with him specifically about this. Uh, but there's a book that I read in college uh, called, uh, you know, it would be better if I knew it, Bueno de Mesquite or something like that. There's no way that guy's name, but he's got this theory called the selector theory. Uh, he's a political scientist and his theory was, uh, basically that politics is a game of power. And so anyone, you know, who's working in politics, they never have your best interests in mind. That's not what they're there for. Power is a commodity and they want power. And so what they do is it's all based on the voting systems where if they have to return goods to the people in order to be in power, then at least, you know, they'll, they'll make their payments, they'll make their bribes. And so the larger of a winning coalition you need uh, the, like the more goods that will be distributed to like common people. Let me, let me, let me, let me phrase that a little bit differently. Let's say you need 10 people to put you into power. You live in a population of a million people and 10 people get to vote. So you basically need to bribe 10 people. You, you, there's 10 people that you need to bribe with, you know, some really lucrative contracts and whatnot. And as long as you got the support of those 10 people, you can basically go rob everyone else. If everyone else has a vote, and, you know, then you got to start figuring out how to bribe all those people. So then you start coming up with things like healthcare. You start coming up with. Uh, but essentially, at the end of the day, you're going to have to pay people off so that you can have the thing that you want, which is being in power. But then sometimes I look at some of the areas in this country and who they will vote for 
Like, why is it that uh, I guess a guy like Rand Paul and Thomas Massey uh, are able to get voted in from Kentucky? And so here's the point that I'm trying to make. Imagine if the way to get in power is that you're promising a group of people freedom, that that's the thing that they want, right? You've got a voting constituent uh, that realizes that their best interest is actually freedom. And so they're willing to vote you in because the good that you're going to return to them is freedom. That That's the thing that they want. And so you're going to bribe them with that and you're going to become the protector of freedom. So in that regard, I actually feel like the efforts that we're engaging in are no noble. I feel like we're trying to educate people that the thing that they really want that would really benefit them is freedom and government getting out of the way. And so in that way, we're unlike any other political party. We're unlike anybody else in this game. We're not looking for handouts for ourselves. Uh, now, obviously, I guess if uh, being the king of the cocks, if we end up running a political revolution, Dave Smith becomes president, we get all the way to the top. I mean, power is a nice thing. But listen, we're going to be the only political power that ever promised people the one thing we're going to do is give you guys freedom. We're not going to steal from you. And then obviously you get the platform. Everyone thinks you're real nice. You show up people, they wave their hat, their hands, they give you your babies to kiss. You get to wave some flags. You get to shake hands. You get to take meetings. It all feels really good. No one's saying it isn't fun, but I'm just saying that the thing that kind of keeps it in check and makes it different than everybody else is that the good that you're offering is that you, people are going to actually be free. All right. Well, there's a little bit of an argument. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. But anyways, heartfelt congratulations to the Meekhawk. I am I am excited for whatever they have in store for the next two years, uh, because at least for stage one, they got it done. And it's cool to see people be victorious. And just from a personal success standpoint, uh, it's very cool to see what Mike Heiss was able to build. All right. Let's take a couple comments and then we're going to call it an episode. Jury nullification is what happened. He was clearly guilty. Uh, Dirty Mike, give me some more here. What do you mean by that? Let's go. Oh, you mean that they were so good at who they selected in the jury? But aren't there two sides to that? Wouldn't the prosecutor have some say on who's on the jury so that he could have gotten a jury that would have got him, you know, a guilty? Or you're saying that Durham was in on this the whole time and secretly he also wanted a jury that wouldn't possibly prosecute so that he could keep the deep state going. Ooh, the conspiracies of this episode. They run wild. All right, continuing. Uh, David Allen, Durham is a cover-up operation. There you go. <laughs> the next comment was the exact conspiracy theory that I was just dripping out of my asshole. David Allen, guess what the NIH and the Wuhan Institute of Virology have been working on lately? Monkeypox. I'm not even joking. You know what? I won't joke about this. Send me the evidence, Mr. David Allen. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. If you're out there, your name's Dirty Mike. You got the hop take on how Durham is just part of this cover-up. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. You're up there and you're like, listen, this has nothing to do with gay people. This has to do with Fauci and the NIH and the Wuhan labs. And they're 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 disseminating the monkeypox. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. You want to sell me nudes, man or woman? You're standing in the shower. You're like, hey, my, my schlong looks real good right now. My tits look real good right now. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. We're almost going to call it an episode, but we got to shout out Yo Delta promo code RYM. You're going to get 20% off. What do you do at YoDelta.com? Well, if you're me, you get yourself a vape pen. Vape pen's real good. You show up to events, you hit this vape pen, you're going to be a nice, even good burning high. But you want to take a couple days off from life because, and this is all for people that are over the age of 21 and get yourself really, really, really high. Well, then you get yourself a bag of gummies. You show up to some report store. You just, you start following the entire tour. That's what you do. You, you, you eat a gummy. At the beginning of summer, you, know, you clear out your weekends, 
you get yourself a van, you, you, you set up Shakedown Street, you're out there, you're selling grilled cheese sandwiches and nitrous oxide tanks, and everyone's like, I don't understand why I would want to do that before Rob's comedy show. But then after the show, you see me out there, and I'm pounding the nitrous, I'm eating grilled cheese, and people are like, you shouldn't be eating that cheese because you're lactose intolerant, and you're always complaining about all the diarrhea you got to make in the mornings. And I'm like, you mind your own business. I'm enjoying this nitrous right now. And this guy just traveled the entire country so that he could sell grilled cheese sandwiches. The least I can do is try and support his business and convince other people that they should buy bags of Yo Delta gummies and follow the summer morning tour cross country. Uh, Roscoe PCO, what's the Venmo? That is a good question. I will get you guys that. I will, uh, Stephen, our resident non scientist, has been advocating that I should uh, put a, uh, a thing for uh, a wallet for accepting Bitcoin, my Venmo, and otherwise that you guys can uh, support the operation. And then we can, uh, you know, make uh, make improvements, you know, upgrade this producer who just sits there and, you know, never plays the right clips, always messes up the sound volumes. All right, I'm, I'm, we're done. Guys, that was our episode. It's, uh, it's fun to be back here yelling in the morning. Hopefully be back tomorrow morning with another episode. And then Saturday with Dr. Krim, who I have to actually message. This isn't the best way to communicate with people where you ignore their text messages and then you just start talking in the podcast as if you had response to them. Hey, mom, I love you. Uh, she doesn't listen to the show, but you know, I also ignored her text message this morning. Maybe that's what I'll do. It'll be the end of the day where I just uh, address all the things that I didn't want to. Uh, all right. Summer port store link in the episode description. Yo Delta sheet underwear, yo Kratom's that's our show. Have a great day.